0: That makes you fat. Remember, remember the
1: 5th of November. Tonight, we died in hell! After about five minutes of this movie, you're going to wish you had 10
0: beers.
1: Hello, and welcome to this episode of BAMF, the podcast that talks about specific comic books and their film adaptations. I am Chris, one of your hosts. I'm Andrea. I'm
2: Mick. And we're your hosts. Okay, so our chosen film this week is Ghost World. I picked this for, there's so many reasons why I picked this, but one of the biggest ones is this is the first uh, intro for myself into comics that are more slice of life and non-superhero. I actually watched the film first before reading the comic back when I was in middle school. I think I was in middle school. There's my age. (laughs) and it definitely it was better than ours yeah (laughs) (laughs) um I can when we talk more about Ghost Road I'll mention all the reasons why I fell in love with it but one of the biggest ones is that you know growing up in the Philippines all the American teen comedies that came in were just you know raunchy trashy yeah. like euro trip and all that and american, so buy, I, yeah. american pie and all that so <laughs> yeah, when yeah, this yeah. came out and i was able to watch it on a pirated blu-ray my world changed and i did find everything about it that's why i chose
1: it awesome awesome um so how about uh now let's kind of go into what it's about um, Mick, you wanna yeah, sure. count us off and give us, the,
0: give us the skinny? I'll give you the skinny on this comic book where uh, we ain't afraid of no ghosts. Or worlds. Um... <laughs> <laughs> what? What? These assholes are saying I have to go to summer school and take some stupid art class. Why? God, I didn't think that just because you get an F you have to take the whole class over again.
1: Loser.
0: So yeah, now, Ghost World is a graphic novel by acclaimed author Daniel Klaus. Um, It was serialized uh, at the height of the 90s, uh, from 1993 to 1997, uh, in uh, one of the seminal indie comic magazines of the time, which is 8-Ball, where a lot of seminal artists featured, not just Klaus, but like... Termin was there, I think, Chris? Is that right?
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. And Paul Babish for Hate. I think also and like a bunch of other like super seminal indie titles that sort of characterized the the slice of life boom as a direct sort of reaction to the pouches and guns of 90s comics <laughs> the pouches and guns right no i think that I think that's an apt description the Liefeldian <laughs> era of the yeah. 90s The super uh, (laughs) full of bad girls and extreme dudes. Um, Yeah, no, it's a more uh, slice of lifey thing in 8-Ball from Fantagraphics Books. Uh, And when it came out, like, it came out in increments uh, before being collected into the trade. But, like, uh, as it was coming out, it was a commercial and critical success. And because of the film and because of, um, you know, uh, its strength as a source material, it became a cult classic. And basically the comic follows the day-to-day lives of best friends enid coleslaw and rebecca doppelmeyer uh two cynical pseudo-intellectual witty teenagers who have just graduated from high school and sort of in this limbo of uh where to go next whether that's college or you know uh, life as large is that why it's called
1: ghost world because they're in limbo could be but ghost world (laughs) is
0: seen throughout the comic uh it's up for interpretation it's it's like it's a very uh, it's graffiti throughout the comic book and it's up it's anyone's guess what it really means i think testament to how resonant the material was just a quick aside like it was influenced on amy Mann's song ghost world also on her bachelor number two album in 2000 Yeah, so that's the
1: background of of Ghost World. Ghost World. Ghost World. Okay, so from the background of the comic, now we're going to dive into the background of the film, the adaptation. Uh, Drea, you want to
2: take us out? I will try my best. Hey, hey,
1: you.
0: How many times I tell you? No check, no service. Get the hell out of my store. What do you think this is, Club Med? America, dude, learn the rules. Learn the rules. You learn the rules. We Greeks invented
2: democracy. You also invented homo. Fuck you. You wish. The Ghost World is. I didn't even know it was listed as a black comedy. It says 2001 black comedy directed by Terry Zwigoff. Suiz- I forgot Suiz- successful- Suiz- Suiz- Gi- Suiz- Su- Su- why Zwigoff. Yeah. Suiz- Message- mm-hmm. Everyone's. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, yeah, we can just sneeze, like. <laughs> <smiling off>. um, <laughs> <laughs> the two leads are played by Thora Birch, who plays Enid, and Scrat Johansson, who plays Rebecca. Which interesting enough for me. I thought the whole time Scrat Johansson's first range to comic book movies was in the Marvel world, and yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> I just remembered that she's in this film, um, <laughs> and it also has Steve Buscemi, who plays one of our main other characters, who actually isn't in the comic book he's a combination of characters yeah yeah right yeah steve buscemi plays a combination of all the different that yeah yeah there which is really interesting to see that he you know both daniel and terry created a character for that um a little bit behind terry is that he's a documentary filmmaker he's also a director for art school confidential and crumb which is really interesting because you can see the style in this film. But yeah, so the, the film actually got nominated for a screenplay, uh, best adapted screenplay at the Oscars, but it didn't really make any money at the box office. It just became this cult hit. I'm not sure, mm-hmm. you know, maybe because of the times. Like I was saying earlier, it's one of those like American Pie movies um, yeah, yeah. that might have been like taking yeah. over the industry. But yeah. Um, but like right now, it's a cult film. On the Criterion Collection. That's how I watched it again, and it's got a rating of like 93%, which is awesome. There's, you know, a lot of different differences from the comic to the film. We can get into it, but um, I felt more sad watching it, to be honest. Like recently, yeah. No, <laughs> you get yeah, like, recently, I mean, as you get yeah. older.
0: But like, why did you pick this? Yeah. I mean, like, you you touched upon it a while ago, but like, why why did this resonate with you much, and like, why did you want this to be the next one we talked about?
2: I th- mm-hmm. Well, aside from it being, you know, for comics especially nowadays, I rarely touch the superhero stuff. I'm more into the slice of life or all of that. But yeah. there, maybe when I was younger, I didn't understand it at first. But, but being sure. older and revisiting the comic and the film, I understood. I feel I like I feel all the loneliness inside of me, and I watched yeah. that film and I started to understand why it resonated so high, like so much into Ghost World at the time as a almost a teen. I was almost a teenager. <laughs> yeah, no, let's just say teen. Let's say teen. Let's say I was a teenager. I had
1: um. just left my teens. Oh, man. Alright, I can't... I can't. When, the movie, when the movie came out, I just left them. Yeah, so I... Uh, maybe we can talk about like our experiences uh, discovering both uh, the comic and the movie. I had seen the movie before I had read the comic. How about you guys? Same
0: yeah for sure same same yeah, same oh, really? same
1: oh interesting only because it was
0: hard to come by I, uh... here yeah
1: yes definitely so had you Absolutely. heard of
2: it before
0: no it was it was, it was a a just like one of those Not like i i think i was in freshman year of college when i discovered it so it's like there's a lot of stuff that's passed around when you're like hey watch this and like you're you're trying to be like a enterprising film student but um. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but like especially here in the Philippines, it's it was hard to get a hold of uh comics you would only read about in magazines. Like, oh, there's this thing called Ghost World or there's there's this thing called Cerebus and there or there's a thing called like, you know, crumb and like uh ball and Hate and like all these other and the the Evandor milk and cheese, all these super obscure black and white well, Love and Rockets. It's like Yeah, that's not the stuff that shows up like if it, like bone was the closest thing to that that showed up on these sure. shores uh and like the Sandman stuff. but was, like
1: B- bone was your gateway drug <laughs> uh i mean to the non-superhero stuff
0: vertigo was like i think we touched upon this in like vertigo on our, yeah. our, our very first episode like it's like for all of us vertigo was such a touchstone in like opening the gates for but like to, to actively get like a fantagraphics book or like uh or like eight ball or any flight, even you know black hole all the all the stuff that's readily available now it was hard to get back when we were all teenagers so the movie became at least for me like and like from what you guys have said it's like it was your first like fo- it's like you know ghost world existed because of the movie
1: i uh i had it um well i hadn't heard anything about it at all um but it just so happened that I was in New York in 2001 um, with uh, my good friend Quark Canaris, who was a big fan of Daniel Klaus and had already read everything. And he forced me to watch it. I'm, me and a few of our other friends to 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 go to to the to to watch the film. And uh, yeah, so that's that was my experience. And then in and then of course I absolutely fell in love with the movie. And then I picked up the comic. Um, so that that was how I discovered everything. And then of course I I. After after having read that, then I went through all of his other work, and I think that kind of so. And then it was reversed for me as as compared to you, Mick. Where uh, that's when I got into the the non superhero stuff, into the slice of life stuff. It was definitely Ghost World that got me into it for sure. So this is very important actually in, in my kind of uh discovery of 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 yeah of yeah of uh slice of life comics. How about you, Dre? You're saying you were a teenager when when you discovered everything, um. Tell
2: us about that. I didn't because I didn't have any friends who were really into comic books when I was growing up. It was just my sister. So just diving, finding stuff was really hard. I didn't know where to find. We didn't have, you know, great internet back then. Um, And I was, I think I was trying There to... was internet back then? Oh, yes, there was. <laughs> I was, um. I was searching for Blu-rays or Blu-rays, sorry, DVDs. What year is it? Um, <laughs> I was yeah, searching... DVDs, DVDs for sure. Yeah, searching for unfortunately like uh, some pirated <laughs> ones. Because, you know, you can't get any back then. Now it's a bit easier with streaming. But in the Philippines, it was hard. And I saw a cover of these two girls. I had no idea what, was, what it was. But the, if you guys remember the original cover of Ghost World, they're just standing there on Super a white background. Striking. Yeah. And, you know, it was like striking. as a yeah. young girl who's just starting to discover music, and I think I bought my first pair of Vans, I was like, whoa, what is that? <laughs> so I bought that, went home, watched it, was mind-blown immediately because I'd never seen a film like that. And then that was it. Like, I tried searching for comic books that were all on that level when I found out that uh, that Ghost World movie was based off a comic book. Couldn't get the comic book for ages because I didn't know where. And then that was how I found Vertigo and all of that. And it just kind of trickled into it. And so I think, like, deep inside... It's harder for me to get into the the superhero stuff solely because of that that experience it landed right on the you know oh my gosh I just discovered punk music oh my gosh I just discovered what doc martens are like it just all yeah, landed yeah. together It's like
0: a fucking perfect storm of all these cultural things That's awesome Yeah
2: that and also cuz the conforming was different in it Like I watched mm-hmm. when I watched all the other like not like let's not conform to society movies. They all had a look. But these two girls were just wearing, like, whatever. Whatever, yeah. No, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I was into that. It must
1: have been, like, extra important for you um, being female, you know, and identifying with a lot of the stuff in the movie, you know, the, the music and the, you know, the fashion and, you know, just being, I don't know, discovering yourself. Because, uh, like, for me, like, if, if, if this was a, a, a like a a story from a guy's point of view. I I would have been yeah. I would have been like all over this. This would would have probably been my like seminal you know you know film you know because it's in the '90s. that that's that was my era stuff like that. So so yeah. That that must have been a little extra special for you. Uh, I guess.
2: Yeah, it was it was extremely spe- um special for me, and I'm glad you brought Kevin Smith up because I watched his films afterwards you know because you do the trickle down effect you start to find everything i couldn't relate as much as a young yeah Yeah, as a young girl so i'd always have to revisit ghost world
0: if this was the yeah no uh that's that's a super interesting insight like i had started at mall rats so like coming into ghost world it was like it was a bigger leap for me it's like i'm not like at the time like, i'm i'm not totally feeling this like i don't know what they're talking about and like why are they so sure. so, yeah, so yeah. snarky and all that but like i appreciate like what what it's like but i couldn't like relate to them on a on a very like not not a, on a visceral level as uh drea did i'm sure because like you know for a, for a film written
2: and written by two white guys yeah <laughs> Surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. But I right? mean, I guess at the time we were so used to it, you know, that yeah, yeah. that's just how people were doing it. But that also made me uh, an addition to Ghost World is I went and rewatched Daria. I was able to get a hand, my hands on it. I didn't understand Daria when I first watched it. Like I went and visited my cousins in the States. I didn't really get it because it's so American. But then after watching Ghost World, I think a couple of years later, I was like, I gotta watch the show again. And I fell in love with it. And I think that was where... Like I started to actually genuinely try to change how (laughs) I was perceived. Um, I do blame my monotone self on Daria and Ghost World. (laughs) On Daria. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Hey, actually, maybe
1: maybe we should give a little context for our audience of three people. Can someone kind of summarize what the story is about? It's it's a little different because uh, number one, there there are a lot of there are some big changes. Happened in between the comic and the adaptation, right? But, uh, yeah, the film adaptation. But, uh, but in general, what, what is Ghost World about? We, we, we did, um, Mick, you did introduce it as a you know being kind of a slice of life thing between two friends. Um, but, uh, the movie actually kind of it's a lot of things. The the movie actually has way more of a plot than, than the comics do. Um, the comics are very segmented, you know, Episodic. Extremely, yeah, slice or, of you, life, yeah, perfect. yeah episode yeah the movie is uh you know it's it's got a beginning a middle and an end um it's very uh uh tight it's a lot tighter in that sense right so uh if, if you could summarize or if you could give us the plot summary of, of the movie mick or drea whoever wants to go Andrea. just to just to give a little context for 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 our listeners
2: Okay. oh yeah i'll do it i'll try again our three yeah, yeah. our
1: three listeners our three loyal
2: listeners, who are, also, uh, uh, who are also who are also us and my dad um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's always been hard for me to describe slice of life movies because a lot of for me a lot of the plot of a slice of life is just like the existence of being yeah um but yeah so it follows two girls who just graduated high school and they're they don't have a plan. They have no goal because they're nonconformists. They're trying to do everything against like the general perception of society in the nineties, I guess. Um, yeah. And as they're meandering through their tiny suburban town in America, which I feel is Los Angeles. I know that I read that it's a mixture of San Francisco and LA for the director. Um, they meet this guy um, played by Steve Bashemi and Enid, Thorin Birch's character, starts to create this attachment to him. It, it wasn't romantic at first. She was just more fascinated because she's never seen someone like this, while Rebecca is... I think, uh, I think uh, just to interject really quickly, I think, I think it was a lot of it was based on guilt. You yeah. didn't get
1: that the first time watching it. I it. I watched it again yesterday. I really think a lot of it was really born of guilt from the fact that she basically pranked him at the beginning of the movie. Um, by uh, by by looking through uh, one of the personals in an ad and uh, in in the in the papers and 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 uh, seeing that he had he he wanted to do one of those you know like missed connection hookups uh, and and she called and kind of basically kind of pranked him. Dear
0: Josh, we came by to fuck you, but
2: you were not home.
1: Therefore, you are gay. Signed, Tiffany.
0: Amber.
1: You're going to leave that? Why not? I think she's guilty the whole movie. Like, it, it's really born of guilt, her fascination with...
2: I don't know, do you guys... Oh that? my gosh, we should really touch on that, because now that you're saying it, I'm thinking of... I don't know how much to spoil it, but... Um, no, we can. Like, I mean, when, when she watch she the movie, then come back, yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, when she eventually <laughs> sleeps with him, I feel like you can see it now that you say it's about guilt. Yeah. like that. It was this big buildup, and then she, she felt obligated to sleep with him. If we're going off what you're saying, where it's about yeah, yeah. guilt, because I never thought she had any romantic interest in him at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I,
0: I, but... like I, I subscribe to Chris's idea, uh, or like his his reading into it. Like it's it's guilt based because like, and I think that that's the only thing that she probably felt after. Like, it's it's rather, it, it's guilt or nothing at all. <laughs> I really dug more into the comic than the movie now because I started with the comic. And reading the comic, it's like, the comic's a lot bleaker than <laughs> than the film. And, like, because of how disjointed it is also and how, uh, it, it's like, and they are meaner. They are meaner characters. In, they are definitely meaner, yeah, in, yeah. In the comic. Uh, they're just like, they will just say whatever. they don't get relatable until like the fifth installment like but like for the first
2: five they're just like dressing down everyone they're a bit cruel for me also cruel fucking bit too yeah the comic is a bit too cruel for me i i as i got older i was like i i think maybe that's why i couldn't attach myself to the comic as much as when i watched the film because it was so cruel and so it was just a bit too much of a disconnect for me for these two two young women to act this way around the town yeah like they really had an axe to grind it's like what did this town do to
0: these two girls and then, like it's really nothing and it's like you know revisiting it like at, at this age it's like why are you guys so fucking angry yeah why are you mad <laughs> yeah like I, I i'm all for youthful rebellion and that is the right of every young person but like, like what did this town do to you guys <laughs> yeah. Like
1: it's a ghost world, man. It's a I ghost know, world. They're, they're all dead. They're uh, alienated. But, they're haunted. but Fucking they're lonely. Like the only guy who deserved it was the the limbo. The,
0: the, the, the friend of the pedophile in the comic. Yeah, <laughs> like. But everyone else was like collateral damage.
2: I did feel that everyone in the film, when they were being cruel, was that you know, they were really portraying a a a perspective of America that I started to feel when I first moved here. I felt like a major disconnect when I immigrated to America. How old were you? Um well I started university when I was 18 out here and I was I'm, I was back and forth and I chose to permanently make this one of my homes I think like 6 or 6 ish years ago. And the first couple of years I just like in university I felt such a disconnect to everyone. I couldn't I don't know why but Maybe I just I couldn't relate, but watching this film now, I started to have a sense of it. Um, and maybe it's not the same for teenagers now because the life is different. From But back then, like loitering in a shopping mall or sitting in a restaurant and just hanging out. I don't know how teens act now. Honestly, I'm not a teenager. But I felt that this was a really good portrait of teenage life universally. Aside from the cruelness, I thought that was a bit too much.
1: I uh, I totally agree with you guys about how cruel they are in the comic i think torah birch and scarlet i think they they brought a lot of no they,
0: they softened they they rounded humanity those, yeah, they, to the yeah royal, they did they, rounded, they softened those, the blow
1: yeah they super fucking yeah, rounded those scarlet edges especially yeah for me i like she had a much smaller. oh that's a very big change from the comic is is uh the comic is really mostly about the two of them but the movie is mostly about enid and uh seymour right um but uh so like I guess I guess that's why scarlet scenes really stood out to me, like um there was that point where uh fuck when they were choosing houses, I think were, were about like potential houses, and then like I don't know like there there's a lot of betrayal in her face when she realizes this that you know this isn't gonna work between us, like you know we're 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 all we're drifting apart, you know like uh yeah so so i i felt a lot more humanity and <laughs> yeah so like i i think i think both of them they were so excellent in in in, in um uh, in the roles um but uh yeah, yeah right both, age both too I, I feel skull. yeah incredible um i mean they did they did the whole deadpan cruel stuff but like you could see some real like you know there was some no, pain they definitely there definitely softened edges on so these good. characters
0: yeah there's a vulnerability there i feel like that's the word there's a yes, vulnerability yes, yes, there yes, yes. That, i think that's the word yeah. that wasn't in the comics uh because even yes, even absolutely even uh Klaus's art is so like if you if you i have like it's rigid yeah no yeah. I, I have notes here it's like they're laid out like archie if you if you yes. really break
1: it down sure right that that's fair. that's I guess we're going to be talking about Archie every episode. Yeah, no, we have yes, to. We have to. It's, a, it's yeah. like we're
0: going to build up this arc this whole
1: season. But, like,
0: <laughs> no, but if you, if you
1: look at. And then our season ender will be uh, discussing Riverdale. Yeah. Oh, my God. So many seasons.
0: <laughs> uh, no, but if you look at his layouts, it's like it's very Archie double digest. I mean, he, he does, like, uh, art it up a bit. And, you know, he plays with time and space. Like, it'll just cut. Like, in mid panel, like, he'll jump ahead. So, like it'll be it'll be afternoon and then he'll, it'll it's like okay we're in the evening now and then like they're talking about different else but they're carrying on the same conversation so there's that dilation of time that that Klaus plays with but there's really a sense of the comic feels so oppressive even with like that Archie aesthetic like and I think uh, that speaking of the, like to the Klaus's strength the way he draws faces they're so unsettling yes they carry this yes. this, this weight to them that really defines their characters like when, like when you see comic aided and comic everyone uh they feel so different from their movie counterparts it's like you're they're immediately yeah. angry and like you feel all this rough yes sure like almost totally violence yeah. to them uh i'm not sure if you guys felt that but like reading the comics that's what i felt it's like this really oppressive feeling of-
1: yeah i guess oh that's i totally agree with that dude but it's, it's like um it's like yeah that's a huge change from from the comic and the book is also like the look and feel obviously because it one one one's illustrated one's not but like even in the choices of like the comic is two-toned right like yeah. it's it's like it's a it's dark blue, stark yeah. black and then yeah exactly and then blue uh but the movie is actually really colorful like yeah, it's so saturated, right? Like, like I mean, in their choices of like of of uh, of of clothes and, and you know, even with in Enid dyeing her hair, like there's color everywhere, and uh, you, you know, so and I think that another, that's another reason why the movies just a lot warmer than 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 the comic. Yeah. Literally warmer. So I warmer. really feel yeah. like it's yeah, literally warmer and just feels like you know way more relatable and uh, personal for me. When I say these things, it's not—we're not talking about preference. Like I prefer the movie over the—it's just pointing out the differences, and that's really what stood out for me. Was really how warmer, how much warmer this this the film is over the comic, which is a little cold and standoffish, and again cruel. Like you said, (laughs) it's a lot more depressing, but. This movie's pretty fucking depressing, too. Yeah, <laughs> It's no, pretty I mean, sad, dude. All, all that
0: considered, like, if you think the comic is... All funny, that considered. Yeah,
2: it's so... It makes... It really does a great depiction of loneliness of teens. I mean, I feel for our generation, I can really sense it. I don't know how... I'm so curious if I can show a teenager now and ask them just to watch this film in context of, you know, it's 20 years ago for them. Yeah. Or 10. I don't... Yeah. Um, oh, man. That's like
0: Raiders of the it, Lost
2: Ark when we want. Oh. <laughs> yeah. but it's 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 uh you can feel the sense of like alienation and loneliness and isolation not just between the two girls but with everyone. Everyone is alone. Yeah, and everyone's trying so hard to connect to one another, but none of them can. Even the dad, like he tries to. Yeah, yeah. Woman, his his yeah. new partner's trying to talk to the to Thor Birch's character, and you know even Seymour's relationship with his roommate. Like everything is just this trying to grab onto some form of human connection but failing and it makes but me failing. so sad yeah, yeah. I, I so depressing and after like spending last year alone in america yeah this movie the bus stop scene made me like i couldn't watch it i was so sad
0: for sure yeah yeah
1: i have an answer for ghost world why is it ghost World? all right at least in the in, in the context of the movie the title yeah apparently the uh well Again, in the context of the movie, um, the uh, Terry Zwigoff and obviously Daniel Claus, they decide to shoot a lot of the big scenes without a lot of background extras All right. on purpose, just to add to the loneliness, alienation, yeah. and and the loneliness, and just to make make you feel like this town's so fucking empty, and that's exactly how everyone that we meet feels. They're they're just you know pieces on a board yeah floating yeah. uh fl- yeah exactly so uh, i thought that was really really interesting um really, really pretty cool uh filmmaking drea being a cinematographer how do you like the cinematography i preface that i want to preface that by saying that i fell in love with watching it again and seeing all that film grain yeah i was like oh my god i miss film
2: grain <laughs> yeah it's so pretty it's it honestly. If you, if anyone has never seen it, you have to pick up the Criterion Blu-ray because watching the remaster of it not only sounds great, but it looks very good. Um, I, I felt kind of personally attacked when I watched this movie cause, uh, no as far as cinematography, because I didn't realize how much I pulled, not just as a DP, but as a director on, on certain aspects of the shots, of like holding a shot, keeping it really isolated. Um, like my last mm-hmm. film I shot, every, I isolated everyone. I I lingered on shots. So watching that film, I was like, "Excuse me, yeah. sir." <laughs> like, it's like, I, here for, yeah. <laughs> I know. But <laughs> I mean, it it's really it has a look. When I watched it, my brain instantly went, "This is so 90s." In, yeah, a yeah. a, it, in a good in way it was in a good way you know it, there was this generation that all of them were making this sort of look yeah i yeah. can't like There's describe
0: sort of it familiarity to it yeah
2: yeah but it it's aside from you know the obvious like the film grain and all that i there were certain things like he wasn't afraid to make things look hot you know like the sun was beating down on them and it really worked for the characters like i felt I felt American suburbia after yeah, yeah. graduation of high school. I felt and and I think that might have what have helped the comic adaptation to be a bit more uh warm because they didn't shoot it cold and bleak like the two tone novel. It was this saturated yeah. warm film. Yeah. Like they could have shot it yeah. wintertime in LA, but you sure. know nothing was cloud covered. it was like here's the sun we're beating down on these girls
1: yeah yeah they could have shot it with a 90s soderbergh uh, blue film yeah they could have yeah. filtered it. <laughs> <laughs> does anyone know like how much they collaborated
0: on the like because uh, they they co-wrote the script together
2: i read somewhere that klaus when he was first trying to adapt it because he's a graphic novelist first he didn't know how how and he started writing it and then he was like no i should just rewrite i should just make a whole new screenplay and then i should just come back and it was this whole journey for him in order to create this and he learned because of how film is that his disconnect version of i guess the the narrative that was in the comic book had to have been altered i just jumped on wikipedia so
1: this is that yeah so Andrea's exactly right i'm just gonna read it oh go go i'm just gonna read what klaus said It's, it's pretty funny okay Okay, so, as, but yeah, this is exactly what Andrew said. Years later, Klaus admitted that writing the screenplay came with a significant learning curve. He recalled, I started by trying to transcribe the comic into final draft. I figured that's how you do an adaptation. Then I tried throwing everything away and writing an entirely new story that was very different from the book. And I synthesized these two things into a final screenplay. The actual film itself is very different from the script we wrote. So we ended up jettisoning the last twenty pages and rethought the whole thing as we were filming. It was really held together by hair and spit. That's pretty cool. Hair and spit. Cool. So, so they were, they were, they were really, you know, doing things on the fly as they were producing. That's pretty cool. That's pretty, pretty punk rock. I love it.
2: Yeah, I, you know, going back to you know our thoughts on how it's a, how it's affected, you know, myself as a cinematographer, I was really curious at how. This has affected this new this the generation of filmmakers now, which I'm sure it's affected both of you. But I found that Diablo Cody bought the screenplay before she wrote Juno, um, and I found that Thora Birch is in the Last Black Man in San, San Francisco because the director was so influenced by it, and her character is semi, it's you know semi like Enid. Which I have to still watch the film now I'm so curious I need to go watch it, but it seems that so many filmmakers learn a lot from just not not necessarily the comic book but this movie on on what they you know were influenced by and how they made their movies nowadays
1: I think the impact of this movie is uh is uh isn't uh really well known but like it's pretty big you know like um when we started this talking about this podcast i've got i went through tons of lists of like best comic to film adaptation this is always, always in the one is like one to three spot it's mm-hmm. always there um and you know um i'm sure it's not just you know people who love comics love this film it's a it's a fantastic film it's a generation it's a really yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely i mean you know you don't throw away the, a word like a cult classic uh, loosely but this is definitely a cult
0: classic. like it 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 reminds me of like uh i think this is like what american graffiti was to like the generation yeah, that came yeah, before yeah. Us, right sure sure uh it's like uh as the way we consume that was like okay yeah it was like a little before our time but like we appreciate it and it's got insights to that generation i feel everyone else who came after us that's their sort of feelings on ghost world it's sure. like it, sure. it, it's a time we can't relate to and like oh this is like a snapshot of what it was 20 years ago because it like fucking was 20 years ago um, sadly sadly
2: <laughs> i do think that the there are you know especially watching now there are some problematic parts but there are, there are and it's there's a bunch uh, right yeah they they use some terrible language some yeah no slurs. first yeah, ten, ten minutes slurs, it's like yeah.
1: retard was like, first thrown out that's like wow yeah jesus yeah but i did not age well i didn't that age sense, well but.
2: on the language and also um there was the and I, i've started to really been not a fan of this concept where it's an older man and a very young girl and then they have that relationship yeah, that's... i'm getting very tired of that as a young woman but honestly it was such an interesting like historical context of American culture. Sure. Like um yeah. as far as problematic, I i was able to get over it for this. Mm-hmm. Um it was just that was the heart that for me currently doing the current watch was like, oh my gosh, they're stop saying that word or just these things are not good. Right, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um but I guess I mean I mean it it is supposed to echo real life and I guess kids at the time really were like that, you know? Mm-hmm. It is a snapshot of the 90s. Oh yeah. Uh, and that and those words were being thrown around left and right. Oh yeah.
2: Um I I'm you know the the fun parts for me is the film felt so uh the whole team that made the movie really paid attention to so many details, and I didn't notice this on my first watch, but I did notice this when I was a teenager. Was like, you know, all the band shirts, the cult shirts, the references to films. I found Fellini. Yeah. I found Fellini's Eight and a Half because of this movie. I clearly remember that because I was like, "What are you they sure, talking about?" You sure nine wasn't half, eight Mickey Rourke's Nine and
1: a Half Weeks. <laughs> Mickey Rourke's.
2: Because <laughs> I I was curious. <laughs> i know actually wait is that a? that's not a real movie it is is it oh yes. my god i only found the eight i only looked for eight and a half when i was younger but i didn't i now need to watch mickey Rourke. <laughs> i didn't know that that's funny but yeah there's just like there's so many details for such a slow-paced film yeah they added an a insane amount up, of yeah. details that kept the pacing up
1: there's a there's a really cool i i had to confirm a number of times like these little things that i i noticed um uh, when when um, when Enid meets uh, Seymour for the first time and he's like she's going through her his records right, um, he holds up a record that says our Crumb and the something. It's basically Robert Crumb's uh, band with Terry Zwigoff, the director. Ah. they're in a band together. That's yeah, nuts. And, and then she's like, "Is this any good?" and then he's like no it's not <laughs> he puts it back were, <laughs> it's pretty funny were,
2: were they in a band before the film yes or yes were...
1: yes okay. wow yeah so wow yeah pretty Wild. that's pretty fun and did you guys spot the big cameo in the uh adult store the adult video store huge Which? split second i had to confirm oh, i wasn't my... sure Ooh. will forte jesus it's so funny dude it's so funny like when she walks in into the adult uh, video store, and then she's like, Oh my God, what a bunch of perbs. And then, like all these guys kind of pop up and look up at, at this girl who's walked in, and he's one of them. He's on screen for literally a second. He just looks up. I was like, Was that Will Forte? And I Googled it, and yeah. Was that Will Forte my in Ghost World? That's brain it? Has his exploded. first uh, this. Not yeah, pretty cool, pretty cool. Uh, no, he's not even credited, but he confirmed that that was him. <laughs>
2: Oh wow! Yeah, check it out. It's funny. I need a, funny. I'm gonna rewatch that. Yeah, it's funny. The, yeah, there were a lot of people. I was. I was starting to notice that are bigger now. I'm starting from obviously Scarlett Johansson. Um, I can't remember who it was in his record store party. Sorry, his vinyl party. Who was the guy that was talking to? Oh, oh, uh, the comedian. Rebecca? Uh, the guy
1: who's married to Amber Tamblyn. What's his name? Um, ah, uh, fucking. I'm gonna Google. Oh. It. Never nude. What's his name? David, David Cross. Cross. David yeah. Cross.
2: Yeah, like he was in it, and then that guy—I don't know—I googled him earlier. Patrick Fish Fisher. He's in Mad Men. So it was just like so bizarre to watch, just seeing all these people just playing bit roles in the '90s, and then just like popping up, uh, and now they're huge. And Brad
1: Renfro, may he rest in peace. Oh, yeah,
2: Brad Renfro. Oh, that sucks. And then Pat, um, there's that the the guy who plays the asshole the one who always points out Enid's like punk oh, yeah. rock yeah, yeah. Um, Pat. That's Pat Healy. He's just like in a ton of you know indie films, Sundance movies. It's just so bizarre. <laughs> okay, this
1: story has it. nothing to do with, uh, <laughs> with the
2: movie. Sure. But
1: <laughs> when, I <was> on, <laughs> when I was on my way home from, from the same trip to New York, and I was flying back to the Philippines, I sat next to a girl with, with green hair and, and glasses, and I was like, God, this girl's so cute. <laughs> she, she reminded me of, of Thor <laughs> and, uh in Ghost World. Yeah, so yeah. again, nothing to do with the film. I bet there are tons of women who'd go out with you in a minute. I know, I could get you a date in like two seconds. Good luck. I mean it, you leave everything to me, I'm going to be your own personal dating service. Yeah, well, we should get back. By the end of the summer, you're going to be up to your neck in pussy.
0: Jesus. Like, what were you guys thoughts about the comics like since we all came from the like like a softer sort of film um like reading the comic for the first time and like rereading it now like has, has your feelings changed like because at the top of this episode you were like man the comic's fucking bleak dude it's like it's mean and nasty and like
1: reading it again you're just like this is incredible daniel claus is incredible um i mean his 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 writing is great his his art's so distinct, and you know, I mean, it's in its own way, it's gorgeous. Um, it's it's a seminal work for sure. Um, it's it's really good. I uh, I I had not read this reread this in yeah a hot probably minute. about yeah. twenty years something like that. Um, and I was still really really engaged. Um, there are like seven issues, right? Ish yeah, seven or eight maybe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Very episodic. Yeah. The very. I mean, yeah, it's it's still really, really brilliant. What about you, Dre? Andrea, what did yeah. you think?
2: I just, I really thought it was well-written, but now where I am at in my life, yeah. I wasn't a fan of the art style anymore. Back then I... Sure. Yeah, back then I was really into it because it reminded me a lot of the, you know, when you get those, I, what's the pronunciation, zine? The zines? Yeah, yeah. yeah. zines. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what the art, style remind me of i felt like i was opening a time capsule for sure when i was reading it but looking at it again i just wasn't really i couldn't connect with the art style i couldn't connect the way people's faces are drawn which is a really big thing for me when i read comics nowadays i need to connect to their their faces um and i couldn't feel that but what i even though i couldn't connect with their faces i really loved the way he was writing stuff it just it it, I don't know i as cruel and as morbid as these girls were i couldn't stop reading it it was yeah, yeah you can't something about it, yeah. the way he wrote them couldn't look away i did honestly feel and i understand this now that i'm older i could tell a man yeah. wrote it now as an older woman and it was like okay definitely a man wrote this but the whole time i was reading this thing i felt so bad for the girls this was the first time i experienced this feeling back then i was starting i was thinking about myself yeah. as a teenager like i feel bad for myself i'm sad oh okay but older now i was reading it as like you know 10 years older than these girls going gosh i feel bad for you that really sucks what you're doing like i can tell you're acting out you are acting out because of what you're what's happening around you and i felt terrible for them like the scene the scenes when they slept with men i was like oh i I get it i'm so sad for you (laughs) (laughs) what do you think mix since I'm I'm guessing you might have liked the comic more than the movie. I wasn't sure what you were.
0: I like I enjoyed the softer approach of the movie. Like that's the same, like like don't get me wrong both of them are pretty bleak. But uh, I feel the the movie's bleakness was one to one with like what what the world was at that time. The anger was sort of just I got where they were coming from. In the same way I got where people were coming from in Morrats, but that's neither here nor there. The male version of Road. <laughs> <laughs> As for the comic, I agree a lot of your points, and but like I couldn't look away from the comic, like with all its flaws. Now that you know, uh, looking at it from a twenty-year-old uh, down lens, uh, with all the, the sort of headway we've made in, in fiction, um, it still stands as a as a as a pretty like structurally, the film and the comic. They say some pretty bad stuff that doesn't age well. Yeah. Uh but the way information is doled out and the way these characters travel. Like I would I would argue like the last two or three chapters like get really sad and heartfelt in the comic. Like mm-hmm. all yeah. all the angry meanness, like all like oh your discomfort for the first six or so chapters is gone when they go away. When Enid goes away and she comes back. Like she's right. looking at this town. And it's like, hey, you, you turned out to be a pretty Pretty good lady like she she no that's what she says right before she 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 yeah. goes yeah up yep. to the bus right like and that was the like for me that was the most honest non mean like this is this is like this is the thesis it's like it took all this sure. bitterness to get there, but I'm glad we got to this point where it's like some some somebody who who went through all the shit and like it's now looking back, it's like, yes, we were mean, and like that is the booth that we like dissed people in and like. The one sitting there now is
2: not the one i've been like fucking making fun of satanists with right <laughs> yeah yeah i i really like the ending of the comic yeah. more than the entire thing because in a really quick summary it showed she grew up yeah like, in one yeah, page for sure
0: like there was that there was that there's yeah. growth and like you know there
1: because there's growth there's hope and we don't get that in the movie because in the movie no, not at all you wait for the bus yeah it le- oh. Yeah. Oh, I have to. I have to. I have to read something. I I read this ab- about the the ending. So so, apparently a lot of people approached both uh, Daniel Klaus and and Terry Zwigoff to ask if the ending of the film was a metaphor for suicide. Right. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. And Daniel I'm not said, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like she just it's, just, it's a it's a conscious it's a conscious choice of hers." To just leave, leave. So he's leaving suicide, leaving Ghost World, you know, where she's from. So his reply, Daniel Klaus says, uh, yeah, it could be. It's hard to figure out why people have that response. The first time I heard that, I said, what? You're out of your mind. What are you talking about? But I've heard that hundreds of times. So <laughs> this is the reading of a lot of people. So obviously it wasn't the original. Yeah, intent, yeah, no. Um, clearly.
2: What do you guys think about that? i'm so curious because now that would make it even more depressing
1: (laughs) yeah
0: it's like i have my limits man like i'm a i'm a sad motherfucker (laughs) but like (laughs)
1: yeah
0: (laughs) sure like you can read it as that it's like it's like but i would i would argue like because the comic is there like if you took it as a movie then i would i would subscribe to that theory you know but that's true because the comic shows the comic is there and it shows her coming back and seeing like how much has changed like because there is change i feel uh i'm not particularly fond of that
1: theory same right? same
2: yeah i'm i'm struggling with that ending because well maybe it must have been something at yeah, the no, times for sure. but for me i saw it as growth and letting go because same. i look at it and i look at myself and i go i yeah. did that In order for me to grow, I had to leave my hometown no matter how much I wanted to stay in order to grow. And that's how I saw the ending. That's exactly how I did too. I'm really struggling with that concept right now. Yeah, I (laughs)
1: totally watched it. And my takeaway was like, you know, I'm a toxic person right now. And I have to remove myself from the situation and come back and change. Yeah.
2: Maybe you guys, I'm not sure because I wasn't you know a teen like late teens at the time i'm wondering if that was just a feeling i think from the, the early the, 2000s the early 2000s late, late, 90s. late
1: 90s there was a lot of angst yeah. for
0: sure but a like more
2: angst, angst and um, anger
0: than like the bleak like things were bleak but like you yes. were angry like it was like it was more anger and like but yeah. i'm not taking away people who took away that sort of interpretation from yeah. it. like that's super valid uh Absolutely. but at least from from what uh, it's looking like chris and i experienced like it was just a general feeling of malaise and like angst at yeah <laughs> yeah at, malaise. Oh, yeah, at yeah. fucking nothing right i mean because yeah, like yeah. You, know, you don't get why they're so fucking angry it's like oh yeah high school sucks yep. it's yeah. like yeah yep. sure but like sure but like you can tone <laughs> this down a bit guys like i was angry but like i was this fucking mean <laughs>
2: I'm so curious I, I I'm, if I ever find someone who th- sees that as the ending because I agree with you Mick. it's very valid to see that. I just Yeah, wanna, no, I, I want I to see like who sees what the, that. what the process was. I want to know.
0: Like, like because like with Chris's quote it's like it's only the author's half of the like yeah, you can interpret it as that but like for someone to legitimately say like oh this is what I saw because x Yeah. Uh that I think that would be a good discussion to have. So if you, any of the listeners out there feel feel free to
1: hit us up on our Sock meds and doodads <laughs> and I do dance. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, I think that's perfect segue um uh, to uh wrapping up this episode on uh ghost. Yeah, Road. great episode. Any last Thanks. words from everyone. Yeah, no, this is a good pick.
0: Yeah, I feel this is this is like it was super great. Uh, enjoy talking about this. And yeah, no, uh, it is. This it is like a time capsule for the nineties. Like. Something I didn't think I would see in my time, but here we are, man. Like, it's 20 years down, and like we are as far away from Ghost World as we were from American Graffiti when we were teenagers, when we watched Ghost World. So, you know, times have changed. So, what is the Ghost World of today? Who knows?
1: <laughs> it's Patentero.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna find out. This can gonna be my new homework. What's the Ghost World of today?
1: Last words? Uh, yeah. So for me, like, it, it was a great. Um, first of all, uh, yeah, I saw it when I was really, really young. Um, absolutely loved it. Got me into the comics. Got me into non-superhero comics. Um, I really, really enjoyed this. Uh, this uh, watching it again. I do have this on Blu-ray, not Criterion, but uh, I've I seen this film a number of times. It's a sale <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right now. man. You, fifty off. <laughs> <up. laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have seen this film a number of times uh, because it's definitely one of my favorites. Um, And, uh, you know, having watched it again uh, yesterday, uh, it just confirms it. I I absolutely adore this film. Thank you for picking this, Drea. Yeah,
2: actually, it was just really amazing to be able to discuss this movie with two other big comic book fans. I didn't realize this was also your first, you know, your foray into Slice of Life. Is that a proper use of it? Yeah, foray? yeah, no. I always sure. never know. Yeah, absolutely. But I um, For me, the I guess the biggest takeaway was, you know, w- watching it again, reading again, made me reflect on how much I've grown up. Mm-hmm. I used to not think I was an adult until I watched this movie. And then just to see this child of a movie comic book get grow up so much with us that it's on the Criterion yeah. Collection. For it's me, wild, before it yeah. was that movie That's that you'd true. pass around with your friends and be like, hey, we're watching, like, let's watch Ghost World tonight and have some beers and smoke weed yeah. or whatever, but now it's it's on the Criterion yeah. Collection. It's like, ooh, it's like, you know, it's, it's grown up. Dad, <laughs> She's grown. <laughs> yeah. And um, I feel like I want to end this because I found this sentiment that that's another reason why I kind of had a little sad oh, moment All in right. me. Is that <laughs> there are Thora hurts Thora <laughs> Birch, <laughs> uh, Thora Birch, um, says uh, in an interview, um. About her relationship with Ghost World. This is 20 years later. Um, she says once in a great while I'll still scribble in a weird place like on a film set or even I have to face some walls I shouldn't have if I'm struck with the moment. I'll still say Enid was here. I'll just scribble it somewhere I don't know why Jesus the movie has it's made like, such an impact on that. her yeah. like oh, I love it yeah, yeah. so much so good. Yeah, that that's, yeah, that makes me so happy
1: Perfect. Yeah, perfect way to end. like follow subscribe. Okay? <laughs> so uh that was our episode on ghost world and uh this is bamf i used to think about one day just not telling anyone going off to some random place and i just disappear and they'd never see me again
2: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and want to give to our beer fund, share our podcast with your friends and on socials. To catch all the latest from the Banff crew, follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Banff Social Club. Thanks again and see you next episode.